On today's episode of I Talk Black, we discuss content that may be viewed as sensitive and very explicit. Although I do not apologize for the content, I implore you to be cautious and most importantly, enjoy. I'm, I mean, for me personally, I, I, and this is something that I also had to learn because I grew up around white people and went to school with white people and stuff like that. Black people, please listen to what I'm about to say. Stop trying to make white people comfortable. Stop it. Please stop it. If they if they are doing something, speak up. I don't care who's your friend, who you don't want to piss off. That's that that is that that like that is none of your business. That is not your job. If people like like you know, like I just said earlier, if someone needs to get checked, they need to get checked because best believe if if it's you who needs to get checked, they will fucking check you. Gots to be Mokia. Hello, everybody, my listeners, to everybody who has been following, keeping up with the Instagram account, and keeping up with the very first episode that we released not too long ago. This is I Talk Black, a podcast where we talk black unapologetically. If this is your first time joining us, then you know that if you follow me on Facebook, I am not shy to saying what the hell I have to say and not apologizing or saying it um, without being afraid to say what the hell I have to say, period. Um, I have a very special episode today. Uh, I've been ready for this one since the moment I thought about taking this uh, podcast and putting it out there into the world. So like, I'm definitely ready to get this one started and get this topic started. And I have some great guests here with me as well. And I carefully chose them because I love the opinions that they say uh, when it comes to worldly issues or social issues or anything like that. And they each have some fire in them and it's gonna be a great show. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring my first guest up. And today is actually her birthday. So you guys are listening to it on her birthday today. And that's really, really awesome. And her name is Rachel Calco. Hey, Rachel. Hey, y'all. Um, as Taji said, my name is Rachel Calco. Today is my birthday. I'm 22 years old. Gemini season, you already know what the motherfucking deal is. <laughs> you know, came in, coming down from Chi-Town, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm from out west, don't play with me. But um, I'm definitely ready to talk about this topic because especially um, my background and where I've lived, there's been a lot of like, even like in my past of what I thought of like who can and cannot say the N-word, especially living in black and brown communities. So I'm definitely ready to get into it. Period. Yes. Happy birthday to you, Rachel. And if y'all don't know, she is from the shy, the big shy, Chicago, Chicago, however way you want to say it. Um, that's what it is, and it's definitely not what it ain't, period. Um, my next guest, uh, I've actually been to, we went to the same university, uh, Southern Arkansas University, and ever since I've known him, uh, he has always had something to say, <laughs> and that's like the best that I could ever describe him, but um, that is my good friend, Jared Hunt. How are you, Jared? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Tell everybody about you. Tell the world. Who is Jared Hunt? 
I am an actor, singer, and playwright. Um, I'm 23. I live in Dallas, Fort Worth currently, and I am ready to get into some things. <laughs> this is definitely the show. I've been waiting on it. I've been waiting on this episode, um, and I'm looking forward to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And our final guest, you will hear from him if you have not heard from him before. Um, I met them uh, earlier, I want to say maybe October, November, around that time, and it's been a joy getting to know them, and I'm so excited that uh, they're here on my show, and it is Kamar Jewel. How are you, Kamar? Hey, y'all. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Tell the world. Um, sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so, yes, my name is Kamar Jewel. Yes, Jewel is my last name. Um, uh, I'm a director and a choreographer, uh, born in Jamaica, raised in Philly, currently living in New York. And the best way to describe me is that, um, I'm a nigga who likes niggas. So, you know, you'll get to know me soon. So don't worry. <laughs> Big perk. Um, so it is no surprise that today we are talking about the N word and y'all, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm going to struggle to say the word myself because I don't say it on a normal basis, but it uh, doesn't mean that I don't feel that I have the right to use or say said word. Um, but I'm looking forward to this talk as I said it before. And without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so just uh, to get everything started, what really brought me uh, to wanting to bring up this topic? Um, it was around, I wanna say March, there was a uh, country singer named Morgan Wallen. I believe that's his name. And he got caught saying nigga. And of course, everybody went wild. And when I mean everybody, the blacks, the whites, everybody was like, um, this is the biggest topic since anything. You know, we just came out of quarantine. So, my first question to everyone is, what is your immediate reaction when you read or hear the N-word? And where do you think that reaction is rooted from? For me personally, I have different like reactions, obviously. Like when I hear the N-word coming out of like black people's mouths, obviously it's like, you know, it is what it is, it's whatever. But what I hear out of non-black people's mouths, I'm just like, seriously? Like I've gone to the point, especially being on TikTok where it's like just a cesspool of like people trying to be edgy, finding new creative ways to say the N-word without saying the N-word. It's like, at this point, it's just tiring. It's like, can we catch a fucking break? Like, what do you gain from saying it? Like, honestly, now at this point, it's just shock factor to me. And it's like, I'm not wasting my energy on uh, a $2 Brokeback Mountain Reba wannabe because I want to say the word. No, I get that. I get that. And, you know, one thing I'm always saying is, like, I remember being in high school, and if you don't know, I'm from an all-white, predominantly white town, school, etc. So, like, me explaining it then, I was like, well, if you say dancing and you say dancing, you're still saying the same damn thing. Um, so, of course, I'm going to feel some type of way when you're not Black and you say nigga, like, excuse me? Exactly. 
And it makes me feel as if he was, this is like not a first time occurrence for him. It's like, obviously you've been saying this before to. Right. To feel so comfortable. Yeah. Right. You're so comfortable. To let it roll off the tongue. Exactly. And it's like, it doesn't get any better. Uh, like, we're like going anywhere. I think I just need to get out of the cloud. Um, but I was at a party and God was just so comfortable saying, he's just saying like, nigga, nigga. And I was like, hey, can you stop saying that? And then by the second time I was ready to beat his ass, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you not get about me telling you to shut the hell up? Literally. There was one time, uh, I have a friend that lives in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. She's from in Milwaukee. Uh, bestie for lifers. If she hears this, she knows what I'm talking about. So we went to a party and, you, you know, I'm not from, a, I'm not from Wisconsin. I don't know how they party over there or whatever. So we get there and it's a whole bunch of white people and one black guy. So, you know, you already know the vibes. Right. So I'm like, okay, okay. Checking for the exits. Like, okay, if we got to go, we got to go. So we, it's chill at first. Like nobody's really doing anything. And this white girl just says the N word and she's talking to the black guy and the black guy's not saying shit. So I look at my friend, I'm like, Esther, now you know me. I'm about five seconds from smacking the white off this bitch. You better tell her. And then, <laughs> so she said, so she says the N word again. I'm like, Esther, you either get me out or I'm going to get her. You make a decision. You know what I'm saying? And this wasn't her party though. So then five seconds later, they start passing a plate of Coke around. Crack. <laughs> crack. Baby, crack. Words of our queen, we don't. On a paper plate. Can you put it on the china? Crack is whack. Crack is cheap. Crack, crack is whack. <laughs> they, they had it on a paper plate, y'all. They couldn't even put it on the china. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even put it on, you know what I mean? Like the little two, the two cent uh, uh, plates that Target had. You couldn't get that? Not the no. that you get after So that's how I knew. I was like, no, nah, I need to get up out of here because y'all crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a paper plate like it's a piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. No, literally, like I mean, listen, y'all, let's let's um let's just call a spade a spade. White people don't like when you tell them no. So the fact that so the fact that the world has asked politely for white people not to use this word, white white people was like, oh cool, back. I'm gonna use it anyway. You know, like that's really what it is. And 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 white people think it's so cool, you know, like to your point, Rachel, like white people think it's so cool to to use the N-word when they're like around their friends or when they're like, you know, there's no black people around because no one knows, ha, 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 ha. But listen, I tell people all the time, I will cuss you out. I will punch you in your face. I like, let me tell you, my my tolerance for white nonsense is so low. It's literally so low. And so, yeah, no. So so if you're listening to this, if if you're if you are white, please say the N word in front of me. Please, please, please. Please, oh my God, please! I, I, I'm just begging you, but no, yeah, no. But seriously, I mean, um, I mean, and it's it's funny because like people do it all the time. What they think it's you know just like what you said, Rachel. People think it's funny to be like da da da. That's my nigga, and then just stop. And it's like, girl, right. you, you know what you're doing. Stop it. You know, like exactly. it's 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 too much. But listen, um, just like an animal, you will have to check an animal until they learn their, their lesson. So just listen, if I got to chin check you, you, you'll get chin checked. 
it honestly it makes me feel bad for the black people who may not be as well i'm just gonna go and say something because you know like we all have our feelings about white people saying the n-word and then there's like some black people like i know who like or might not be as you know um quick to sit there and jump on somebody for saying it or they may be like they might be they want to be liked or they want to be like you know they want to be like not attacked by the group by sitting here voicing their discomfort about something so like i've seen that happen before and which will be in groups of white people and they're saying the word and they're obviously uncomfortable but they don't feel like they can say something and i'm like well you have to stand up for yourself in that kind of way because they only the only reason why they push those boundaries sometimes is because they believe that you're not going to say anything right because you're the you're the minority in the room and you're not going to sit there and wanting to become the aggressive black person. So it's like, it's almost the way is like, you're the, the, the stereotypes of you being the aggressive black person, the angry black person is played against you. Oh, I can sit there and say this word, but you're not gonna react because then I can just label you as crazy, right? And maybe that's not like what they're saying to you directly, right? Mm-hmm. But there's almost this unconscious air of, how do I go about saying, please don't disrespect me like this without you shutting off what I'm saying by you labeling me as an angry black person? Because I know white people are quick to use that as a weapon to right. get us to shut the fuck up. I'm, I mean, for me personally, I, I, and this is something that I also had to learn because I grew up around white people and with school with white people and stuff like that. Black people, please listen to what I'm about to say. Stop trying to make white people comfortable. Stop it. Please stop it. If they if they are doing something, speak up. I don't care who's your friend, who you don't want to piss off. That's that that is that that like that is none of your business. That is not your job. If people like like you know, like I just said earlier, if someone needs to get checked, they need to get checked because best believe if if it's you who needs to get checked, they will fucking check you. Will. Oh, absolutely. Best believe. Best believe. So stop trying to make white people feel comfortable and, oh, he didn't mean it like that. Or, oh, he's not really racist. He just says the N-word all the time. Or, oh, oh, he oh, oh, he has a black friends. He can't be racist. Stop all that mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, I, no, not me. Mm-mm. They will alienate you in a heartbeat, but you expected to have patience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Kamar, you you started to talk about it. You need to also be careful of the apologists. Mm, the, right, oh, right, right. He, oh, he only said in the songs. And why are you apologizing for him? Why right. are you making excuses for them? Do you say it too? Because I feel like right. people don't understand that the N-word is literally violent. You know what I mean? There is a violence mm-hmm. behind that word, especially coming from a mouth that is foreign to that word. Mm-hmm. You know what I right. mean? So by you saying that to me, whether whatever intention or context you have behind it, it will always be violent to me. You know right. what I mean? So if you're willing, as my friend, as someone who didn't say it, but was a witness to it, if you're supposed to be my quote unquote friend and you're allowing other people to be violent around me and to me, you're not a friend to me. You and that mm-hmm. person can kick motherfucking rocks. It can. Exactly. I don't care if it's been 10 years, 20 years, if you married my sister. I like... Right. I don't care. I will cuss you out, then cut you out of my life. In that, mm-hmm. not apologize for anything about it. Listen, something I had to learn. Um, I 
so my family is um, is Jamaican, and when I was younger, I got kicked out because of my sexuality. And as I've as I've gotten older, um, you know, my family and I we're 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 recreating, you know, our relationship. But there there are boundaries that they have mm-hmm. to follow, you know, because of respect for me, right? So I always say, say to myself, if I have boundaries with my mother and my mother has right. to have boundaries with me, best believe everyone else has to have boundaries too. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. best believe if my mother can't come in here saying X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, then no one else is, is, is I, I came out of that woman's pussy. So if she can't come in here saying X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z crazy in my house, no one else is either. So I encourage people to set boundaries. And once again, I know it's hard. And I'm only saying mm-hmm. this because me personally, I've been in therapy for many years and my therapist has really helped me with boundaries. You have to set boundaries with people. You have to speak up and say, this This does not make me feel comfortable. And if they continue to do it, that is not someone who has your best interest at heart. Why are they in your life? Exactly, exactly. And then I love how uh, earlier on you said like white people just cannot accept no. Like, that is crazy to me. And someone said that there's this app called Clubhouse for people who don't know. Um, and we were having this conversation in there. And they basically were like, um, white, the only pe- reason white people want to say nigga is because it's the one thing that they cannot claim for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like they literally have everything. And if they don't have it, their privilege can claim it for them. So it's like, why can't I say the N-word? And I'm just like the sports anchor who was challenging his um, co-worker, say it. <laughs> like, please say it. And I was telling my co-worker. Right, right. <laughs> right we'll say it together. It, but don't be mm. surprised when I slap the chase out of your mouth. Don't be shocked when right. my hand reaches over and knocks the shit out of you because you did something stupid. You know what I'm saying? I think it's go. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I would just, I think that just opens up like a a deeper conversation about how like, I feel like since the beginning when we were brought to this country, against our will, to to today, how I think there's this subconscious idea of white people that they have that we're expected to provide something for them. Um, whether it was our labor in the beginning and now the culture that we've created that's come out of freeing us, being free from that. And now, now we have this whole specific culture that we've, some part of it's taken back, some of it, part of it that we've created for ourselves that now that they want to commodify. So now it's like we're coming into these social settings and stuff like that with what we have from our own communities, our own cultures, and they're thinking, well, why can't I partake in that as has I have partaken in every other thing that hasn't belonged to me, right? Exactly. So it's, and though, and when you tell them no, it's like, it's almost as if there's this disconnect and whether subconsciously or subconsciously of, I don't, I don't understand why I just can't take something off the shelf that I've been doing this to everything else and to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that we're on the topic of excuses, I'm baffled by the excuses that they come up with. Like, uh, my friend lets me do it, strike one. Or, mm. um, <laughs> well, they do it all the way. Like they say it in music, so why can't I say it in music, strike two. And I'm just like, because what do you not understand that you just can't do it? I don't give a damn if, uh, like, for example, back to this clubhouse thing. 
he was talking about how his friend is white, but he was raised by a black family and they basically raised each other in the hood, et cetera. So I let my white friend say, nigga, no, he's still white. He will still have a privilege. That's right. In this right. Like, okay, that's nice. But you still exactly. white. So. That is nice. Next. Mm. Okay, cool. So, so you know how to make soul food, but you're still white. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know why that reminded me of that Cat Williams meme where it's like, who's, who's goddamn white baby is that? <laughs> <laughs> By virtue of being spicy white, now you get passes. I'm like, where did this come from? Mm-mm. And it's like, mm. um, they'll never say it. Uh, I'm not even saying that there's an appropriate time to say it. Uh, but they'll never say it or, or uh, feel the same way about saying it when the opportunity would present itself to. Uh, what I mean by that is like when it came to education or when it comes to education and things like that and literature and media that we're reading in classrooms, there's always this wave of, I don't know, like nervousness whenever you see Negro or nigga in text and you're reading aloud in class and you have to stop and be like, um, what should I say in place of this? Or like, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Keep that same right. energy when you're outside of the classroom setting. Right, right. I feel like we've all had that experience as the black kid in the classroom who has to read the te- read out of the textbook and all the other white kids are staring at you when the N-word comes up. Right. They're like <laughs> looking at you like, um, so if I wasn't in here, would y'all say it? Would you allow your students to say it if there wasn't any black people in the room? You know, those are the things I think about. My white, my white teacher said it. English teacher. Oh, they love to say it. That's why Lord of the uh, what is it? Lord of the Flies or that book is like in every like uh, curriculum. That word, that book has nothing but the N word like riddled in it. I think no, not Lord of the Flies of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. That like literally the last twenty pages is them just saying the n word. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just like a lack of black literature in classrooms that is also mm-hmm. like a huge disadvantage to uh, people learning. Like my mama always told me that ignorance is taught. So like. They see it from their parents. They hear from their parents. You know, their parents and their friends are saying it. So they're like, okay, let me go stand around my friends, but let me get cool with this black dude first. And then, uh, or if it's not that, it's, well, if you don't want me to call you African-American, can I call you black? Or it's, it's like, they're trying to put a stamp on what they can identify you as. Right. And then trying to claim that as it being okay. Crazy. And it's weird because it's like, I feel like the whole purpose of reading those kinds of books in the classroom, at least from my perspective, is to at least, even if we're not saying the word out loud because you, you shouldn't be saying it, just seeing it on the page and in the context that it's being used in, you should be able to, as the, even as a teacher to the student, should be able to come to the conclusion of, okay, there's historical there's historical context to this word. This word has been used to degrade people. This word has been used to demean people. This word was used as an act of violence. This is where it comes from. And 
we're, we're going through these books and we're reading the stuff to show you that this is racist. Now, coming out of that in, in, into the modern era, which we're reading the book, now maybe we should know that maybe this, this is not something the thing that's appropriate for you to say. Mm-hmm. But these kinds of responsible conversations are rarely held. This is true. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my question is, because um, like even with that, you have uh, people who are who feel that no one should be able to say it, um, or they'll try to compare it to uh, calling somebody blonde or calling somebody um, I don't know what's another really really good term uh, that is not appropriate but it takes on a different meaning for uh, that community or that person, you know what I'm saying? Um, And Mm -hmm. that's where, for instance, perfect example, um, I don't have a problem with the word being used as long as it is being used by black people um, because it's become a part of the vernacular. Uh, It's not going anywhere. but it means it's something different when black people say it to other black people versus someone who's not black saying it. Me personally, I don't mm. tend to say it um, unless, you know, I'm listening to, you know, T Grizzly is actually probably the only one that I ever say it as much as I would say it any other time because it's like literally hard to avoid the word in first day out but I don't you know condone that when other people do it like non-black people or anything and I also don't like to be referred to um as nigga and like my family knows this my frat brothers know this and like it's just it's a it's a respect thing for me I don't think that it's um something that is horrible um when it's within the community, but definitely outside the community, it, it's it's a different meaning. Like, I don't know what else I can say on that, you know? I really disagree Go ahead. with the whole thing where people, where people come in and say, oh, well, you know, nobody should say it. Because my whole thing is that the ship has sailed mm-hmm. on the nobody should say it when white people started saying it. Right. And so, like, you, you, we take a word that's filled with violence and we turn it into something cultural because as black people, as are in our history in this country, that is how we've coped. We've taken violence and we've turned it, turned it into culture. We've created rhythm and blues. We, we have, we took, we made poetry, we've written literature, we've taken our pain and we've turned it into culture and to significance. And that is how we've survived in this country for so long. And to completely disregard the meaning of that for for some white people and be like, oh, well, nobody should say it is, I feel like is dismissive of our experiences as a whole. There's a reason why we say the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why we tell you it's not your business. Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. I feel like there are people who fail to understand that. And also, I feel like, to piggyback off of that, it just feels like a cock-out. Like, it reminds me of, like, if two toddlers are fighting over a toy, and the mom's like, well, neither one of you can play with it. (laughs) Bitch, this is not your toy to be making rules about. Like, what the fuck do you mean no one should say it because you can't say it? 
that's really what it is. If I can't do it, nobody can do it. And that's that mentality that white people have. Mm. Right. And um, yeah, so just to uh, dovetail on your piggyback. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I, so first of all, I, I don't think anyone black, white, you know, green, I don't care. No one is the gatekeeper of words, right? So let's start there. So Mm -hmm. no one is going to tell my grown ass, and I've been in my grown ass body for all these years that I can and cannot say something, right? So let's start there. Um, so, um, so I hate when this conversation comes up. And honestly, when I hear it from white people, I just, you know, kind of feel like, oh, they're just being privileged and whatever. Um, But when I hear from black people, I'm like, oh, you really trying to please the whites. Like you really trying to, like once again, like, uh, like I was saying earlier, you're really trying to make white people feel comfortable or you're really trying to do something in a black community so you can be like, well, look, white people, we stopped doing it, so you should stop doing it too. That's not how this works, right? right? And um, I always think about, um, and I know this is a silly reference, but I, but I always think about it. And uh, God, was that season ten? I think of RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. and uh, I know I know that you're still watching Drag Race. Um, there is a fight. There, there's an ongoing fight between Eureka and the vixen and at the reunion all the queens ganged up on the vixen because of how she reacted to what eureka said to her and 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 the vixen popped off and something she said it it you know still to this day always sticks with me she says why are y'all telling me how to react but y'all never tell her how to act yeah i I remember that reunion I always think about that, especially when it comes to race. Like society loves to tell people, you know, especially people of color, especially black people, oh, don't do this or don't feel like this or don't think like this. Mm -hmm. Well, why are you telling me how to react and you're not telling people how to act? Mm -hmm. And the people are the the white people. And also don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. It is not just white people. It is people who who are trying to be in close proximity to whiteness. Do not be fooled. I'm gonna close the podcast. And do not be fooled. Yes, and right. And that is a whole separate issue where there are people who, you know, because they are close proximity to whiteness, they like to police black people as if that's their job, you know. And once again, that's a whole, you know, listen, you, you know, that's a whole different, yeah, 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 that's a whole different episode. Uh, but <laughs> baby, let's but get into no. it, okay? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I always tell people when 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 I hear people, you know, like I said, white or black say oh we shouldn't say the n-word at all no one should say it and then my first thought is like okay so let's start with the white people because because they started it so let's start there and then once that's done then you can come talk to us but don't talk to us until it's done over there first exactly Exactly. that's so true because i'm gonna let you know (laughs) any and you know i have a lot of i'm not gonna lie i have a lot of white friends mostly because you know that's where i grew up you know what i'm saying and well, I'm not gonna say a lot. I have my circle, okay? And um, they know better. <laughs> they know better. And like I said it, I've already said it once. I will cuss you out, then cut you off. I'm not giving you a mm-hmm. to say what you think that you have the right or uh, the privilege or the opportunity to say. I'm going to cuss you out, and then I'm going to cut you off. You mm-hmm. know. 
Um, on that note, so like on the inside looking out, how does this word affect mm-hmm. the black community? Is it something that we've taken back or is it something that is preventing us from moving forward? Um, okay, so I'll go. I mean, in my opinion, you know, once again, it's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is just my opinion. Um, I I feel like it's something that we have reclaimed, right? Because it's something that was very hurtful to us and was, you know, because once again, you, you have to be blind to know that this country was built off of slavery and racism and murders and lynchings and all of that type of stuff. So when 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 we think about that word it's rooted in that black trauma right mm-hmm. so for us to be able to take something that is rooted in trauma and to celebrate it or to be able to use it in a positive way or just to kind of use it in a different way to me is 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 nothing but but celebration right and so mm-hmm. even um you know like there are you know so good example, and you know, once again, this is not the same thing, but 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 just to kind of like parallel it um, a bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, women used to be called bitches, and that used to be this like derogatory term, and now women mm-hmm. call each other bitches out of like empowerment, like you know, like yo, that's my bitch, you know, it's it's stuff like that, and that happens in all communities, in a gay community, in the trans community, like there are these slurs that are reclaimed and used, and in a casual sense because. Once, basically, um, once a community reclaims a word, it it no longer has power coming from another community. Oh no, no mm-hmm. power over me. Right, right. You, now you have no power over me because that's a casual word for me. And once again, I'm gonna use myself um, uh, as an example. I'm a black queer man. I mm-hmm. I move through spaces as a black queer man, and you know, me and my friends, you know, call each other gay. We call each other faggots, stuff like that. But that's because mm-hmm. we are gay people. We are queer people. We call each other that. If a straight mm-hmm. person calls me a faggot, I'm getting bucked. You know, right. but 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 do not be confused. I'm not getting bucked be- because you hurt me. I'm getting bucked because you need to be taught a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that same type of mentality where where if a white person calls me a nigger, I'm not going to get on the floor and start crying, you know? or I'm not gonna start running away. I wanna check you, which uh, chin check you, like I say, um, but I, I need to make this very clear that that word is not hurting me. So you, you thinking that you have this like button that you can press to, you know, disarm me. No, you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we, um, you know, come with these, sorry, when we are approached with these situations where people are trying to oppress us, we need to make two things clear. One, that does not hold power over me. And two, Mm -hmm. you do not get to do that. Like we need to do both simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Mm. 100% agree. And I guess my part of the answer, I mean, what do you say when Kamar has said it all? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. No, I mean, hey, you know, say it like it is. I, like I said, echoing everything that Kamar said, like that word, especially to me and like my family and stuff. Uh, it was so funny because I always thought the N word was a curse word. And then mm. I remember the first time I said it around my mom, uh, I think I like sang it in a song or something. 
And she looked at me and she was like, really? And then I said it again, because you know, I'm just the type of person I like to push people buttons to see how far I'll go before she smacked me. And she didn't smack me. So I was like, oh, okay, so I can say the N word. You know what I mean? So that like, I was like, oh, if I can say it around my mama, then I know it's not. Right, it's, it's become, clipped, it's clipped, now I know. <laughs> right, like it's become a household thing where like, if my mom, this super Christian person who doesn't even like hearing heifer and piss, like she, like those are like weak ass, like curse words that she doesn't like. But if you can say nigga, that's how I know that it has reclaimed and become like a sign of endearment in the black community that like, it's not seen as a curse word or it's not seen as like nigger. You know what I mean? Like there's such a, like a heavy and violent turn, at least when it's coming from, you know, that, that same community. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's holding us back in any type of way. Mm. I think, um, hmm. I think what holds us back is those like people, like they're not, they're not exactly hoteps, but they're close um, to that community where they think that, what is it? Uh, uh, what's it? There's like a term for it. Um, respectful politics those type of people respectability politics oh yes, yeah yes. respectability politics yes yes <laughs> those type of people who think like Ooh. any like if you were a bonnet to the airport that like that's literally discourse that's happening right now like people are mad mm-hmm. that black women wear bonnets to the airport like i feel like those people are holding us back because why the fuck do you care about white people's fucking attitude towards us or their opinions right. like i could talk about Go ahead. No, pop, go, 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 pop off. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, you, I, I said the word y'all like started to going off, and it's like, oh, I could talk about that all day, because <laughs> it's such um, respectability politics. I personally feel is like I understand where your mentality was when you came up with the way you're thinking about this, mm-hmm. but we also have to talk about where we are right Mm -hmm. and I feel like in the 20th century when the civil rights movement was kind of at its peak and stuff like that I Mm -hmm. felt like people I felt like there was an understanding of respectability politics I feel like there was an era where black people were kind of like okay coming out of slavery how can we let's try to assimilate right let's Mm -hmm. try to dress like white people and talk like white people and try to integrate ourselves into society so maybe we can all just be American, right? Mm-hmm. And when that failed, right. we we had to move on. And then that's when the start when the when the 70s started happening and people you know started picking out the afros and wearing daishikis because it was that was a whole part of well you know what we tried assimilation. This did not work. We are going to now be loudly, unapologetically black because that is what we, that, that is what we can do now. There's no point in trying to appease people who obviously do not want us, right? Exactly. It's, it's time to start embracing our own identity, and I really feel like that is where really the rec- the reclamation of this word is really sprung from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's personally why I love, I love it in terms of mm-hmm. how it's been used in um, culture and in music and all of this stuff like that. It's, 
So like when I hear things about like respectability politics, I'm just like, I just shake my head on the inside because I'm like, we left that already. We're past that. Mm-hmm. We can't stop. We can't continue to believe in any way, shape or form that our liberation exactly. of people is going to come from any outside source other than us. We are our mm-hmm. own saviors. We're the only people who are going to liberate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. No, coming from, no one's going to save us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to take that even a step further, it is time to realize that the standard that they thought they created does not stand today. And mm-hmm. that's on everything. It's how we wear our hair. It's how we speak. Like the standard that they thought that they set does not qualify me um, for the things that I have done in this world already just because I'm working at a liquor store door dashing doesn't mean that I'm not capable of getting my bachelor or that I need a bachelor's degree to begin with in order to succeed mm-hmm. or make it or put my foot in this world. So that standard, mm-hmm. that white standard, I'm going to go ahead and call it that, is out. It's gone. It's old. Like that way of thinking has to uh, disappear. And knowing that mm-hmm. being in this moment as I am today as a black man, as a nigga, I, I am here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't qualify me from uh, obtaining in this world, period. So it's funny because I'm actually um, that type of person, and I'm so happy uh, uh, that y'all brought this up. So I purposely, whenever I go anywhere around white people, I purposely wear my do-rag purposely mm-hmm. whenever i go to the airport i'm wearing my do-rag i don't care if i just got a haircut 20 minutes ago i'm putting on my do-rag because i want you to know that my black ass is in this space right and i also want you to know that the same way that your white money paid paid to be in this space my black money paid to be in the same space i, exactly. I want you to know very very well and so it's funny um actually like literally earlier tonight um, I was, um, in this, it was like a Broadway mixer between like, basically it was, so it was just like Broadway mixer. Um, it was virtual for, um, uh, for like, um, for like emerging quote, quote, directors and choreographers and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and emerging, uh, uh, designers. So, you know, it was maybe like 60, 70 of us, you know, we're all on zoom. We're like meeting each other and stuff like that. And literally, um, so before I was on that Zoom call, I was out running errands. And once again, out, you know, in the city with my do-rag on. So as soon as I came in the house, I was like, oh shit, it's almost time for this meeting. So I, you know, quickly hopped on the Zoom. And literally, as soon as I got on the Zoom and, and, and I turned on my camera, I was like, oh, I'm still, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm still wearing my do-rag. And my first thought was, let me take this off because it seems mm-hmm. unprofessional. And I was literally like, why? Why is that unprofessional? Why is that unprofessional? Because once again, let's say if you hired me to choreograph your show, I'm coming to rehearsal in my do rag. I'm 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 coming to these staff meetings in my do rag. Hell, right. I might come for the opening night in my do rag. You know, the so can come in the messiest bun available. Right. <laughs> oh, say that again. I said Samantha can come in the messiest bun she got. Right. Haven't washed her hair in ten years. The messiest bun. The messiest bun, um, just threw something on coming into the coming into the room like, all right, one, two, three, four, let's go. Here's the choreography. Bro, and don't 
And don't even get me started on uh, uh, on Ted, because we know damn sure Ted ain't do nothing but brush his teeth and, and walk out the house. So let's, right. let's start mm-hmm. on that too. But yes, to your point, it's like, you know, to me, um, you know, long gone are the days of like, well, we got to do this to appease white people because for what? Because like you said, we already were doing that as a people and it got us nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. we were, you know, we were, you know, wearing dresses, you know, to our ankles and combing and, you know, hot combing our hair, straightening our hair. And we're still getting called niggers. So for what? For what? Exactly. Because guess what? Do you think Harriet Tubman was being polite when she was freeing uh, the slaves? Was it? She um, was knocking their ass out with a rifle and they woke up to freedom, okay? To okay. freedom? What? To freedom! <laughs> okay, listen. But, but yeah, respect, yeah, respectability politics, they can, um, you know, they can suck my dick. And um, yeah. Chunk. If you are one of the people who who feel like that you need to appease white people in order to be successful in life, um, Miss Thing, you in the wrong decade. I'll tell you right now, because you know, that ended in the 80s. So, you know, yeah. And honestly, it's just like I personally love uh love the term nigga because it's I don't know if it's the culture in Chicago or whatever. But especially because I went to a, a PWI and that was my first time. Uh, my college was the first time I've ever been a minority in my life mm. because I always lived in Black neighborhoods or uh, Latinx neighborhoods. I mean, even now I live in a Latinx neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been mm. surrounded by white people. So, like, going to a PWI and then seeing Black people and it never was like, what's up, nigga? Like, what's up, my nigga? Like, they so sick. It's it's like oh my god like yes familiarity like I oh my god you don't understand like I was like like coming from a class where I'm the only black person only black femme person and then right. seeing all of my black friends and we all just doing black things especially black only things like saying the mm-hmm. n word it's just oh, oh my god it it feels amazing you know what I mean to like be right. in that um environment again especially when right. you're dealing with the white nonsense like five minutes before yes right right and um to your point um see what i always try to explain to people is that the n-word is so great because it is so multifaceted right like it 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 like it can mean so many things like i can call mm-hmm. one of y'all one of y'all right now and be like nigga and you know it's what that means <laughs> Yeah, you know something. Everything. Like what happened? Exactly. You know something's up, or you did something, nigga. You already know I heard. Or I can call you like nigga. And you already know something exciting happened. Right. Or, you know. Or you know I can call Rachel and be like, Rachel, guess what? I got the niggas here. You already know what that right. means. Exactly. So, or you what know, once again, right, right, right. Where the niggas at? Or you know, once again. Um, you know, I can call Taji and be like, Taji, the niggas is here. And you already know that I'm over it. Get them out of my house, you know? So it's, it's, it's one word, but it, but it means so much to so many people. And that's why I'm literally looking like, why would you want to erase it? And once again, let's, let's just, you know, once again, let's, you know, let's be a whole tap for five seconds and, 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 uh, and let's play, uh, respectability, uh, politics. If, the N-word disappeared from existence tomorrow. Is that change of racism? 
Is that going to create equity for black people? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? And that's what really kills me about this, uh, this whole country is that people spend so much time on stuff that don't matter. Y'all spend so much time in 2020 tearing down statues of, of, of racist ass people from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. That don't mean nothing to black people. Y'all spent mm. so much time in 2020 taking off episodes of the Golden Girls because they had on mud that that was like a blackface joke in 1984. That don't mean nothing to black people. Host the black squares. Exactly. That is it white people. Black squares for me. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> posting posting black squares. All all that shows to me is that white people in power have white guilt and they're trying to do something. They're trying to be like, oh my God, let's let's take off that episode of the Golden Girls from 1984 because it might offend someone in 2021. Yeah. That ain't doing nothing for Black people. That ain't doing nothing for me because mm-hmm. guess what? I still over it and I'm still poor and it's still a pandemic. You, you're not doing mm-hmm. a thing for me, right? So when people, trust me, when people get on this whole train of, oh, the N-word is, is ruining Black society and Black culture, I just turn my head because y'all, y'all got me fucked up. Y'all, y'all mm-hmm. got everything fucked up. And bu- I know this is sidestepping uh the topic but you you talk about step. like the black you talk <laughs> about the black squares and stuff reminding me like of that whole like during the whole George Floyd thing mm-hmm. it it like enlightened me that white people's activism is always an afterthought mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so many people so many people like when uh um you guys know big mouth right from mm-hmm. Netflix mm-hmm. when that white woman was like oh I'm stepping down from voice acting Missy. Bitch, you fucking knew you as a white woman should not be voicing a biracial black character. Like, Mm -hmm. why did it take you George Floyd dying and us holding people accountable for you to realize that maybe you shouldn't be doing what the fuck you're doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, every time when it comes to their activism, it's always an afterthought. It's always like, and like, you've already... You've already done like what three seasons? It took yeah. you three seasons to figure out you shouldn't be doing that. It's always right. performative. Like the work is never done, and it's like it's never done. And, and the right. funny thing about it is, is that like all, the request never changes. Like we always sit there and say, okay, like in what way does this contribute to? equity does this contribute to change like mm-hmm. on what way are you educating yourself about the the plight of our communities mm-hmm. but, it, but instead of oh well i don't really want to do the work because that means uh, that means going into places that i don't feel comfortable going to let me post a black Twitter and treat this like a trend that i can just take off at the end of the day because mm-hmm. i don't feel like comfortable because my white comfort is more important than your black life mm-hmm. right. wait quick question um do y'all recall those two weeks in 2020 when every white person cared about black lives matter oh, it was like, two weeks. like it was yesterday every, <laughs> every company every company every every everything every company every theater everybody was oh. like oh black lives matter we will be blah 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 Mm-hmm. Issuing statement. We just want you to know, know it here. Here, here at XXXY, whatever it is, company, that we affirm all Black people here. And we're not going to hire anymore, but um, we just want you to let you know that we affirm. We support all, you. 
We support you. We love you. We're not going to hire any of you. We're still going to pay you less than your white counterparts. But But we we recognize you. you. We hear you. We see you. We see you. We see you. We don't do anything for you, but we see you. (laughs) We see each other. (laughs) We see each other. I brought that up because, like, uh, I play Apex a lot, okay? And as soon as that moment, that two weeks happened, like, they issued a statement or whatever. But I kid you not. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot play Apex and immediately report a player every time they drop in the... They say nigga. Like, my nigga this, my nigga that. This nigga this, this nigga that. And I'm just like, why can I report this person? And the only option that I get is block. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm tired um, and this is a gaming thing because they're so quick to say it uh, whenever we're playing video games and stuff because they're behind a mic in the safety of their own room. But they're still like, I can still hear right. And I can tell. Sometimes it's very obvious you are not Black, okay? Um, and oh, absolutely. I was just like, why can't I report you? Like, if y'all really do care and y'all are saying that we have made this dance, then they don't need to be playing this damn game no more. And uh, I don't give a fuck if they don't spend any money on there no more. I don't give a fuck if they don't give a chance to play the game anymore. I care because I'm trying, this is my time to enjoy my game, relax, and I still have to deal with people saying it. Like, that is crazy. And to pull back on what we talked about in the very beginning of this discussion with Morgan Wallen, Mm -hmm. um, there are white people out here who support and condone this behavior in private and will talk, speak out against it in public because his sales soared. Skyrocketed. Skyrocketed after um, this whole controversy. There are people who are buying his music, listening to his records. He was making more money after this controversy than before he had even said anything. Yeah. Just like how there were people... Um, contributing to um, the officers that killed George Floyd and contributing to their defense fund, contributing to Kyle Rittenhouse who sat there and and was killing people in Kenosha. They went and contributed to the defense fund and contributed money towards these actions. There are people who are who are really supporting this stuff in private, in in the privacy of their own homes. And then we'll walk outside of the house like, oh, I'm an ally or I'm here for you. This is shippy in the dark. They love to find an excuse. They love to find an excuse and then hold on to that excuse. For Morgan, it was, oh, well, Mm -hmm. black people say it in their rap music all the time. Why can't a country singer say it? Because, bitch, he is not black. Like, that is the ending, the end-all, be-all. Like, that is where it ends. And, you know, it was Mm -hmm. funny because, and I have no respect for him, but it was funny because he uh, issued out an apology and he was like, you guys don't need to be supporting me on this. Like he was telling them, he was like, I fucked up and I don't condone this. I bet you he's still saying nigga, you know, in his own private, you know, party or whatever. But um, he was like, I fucked up and people still are like, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like they keep finding excuses. And I was like, it is not your place to find a uh, reason that you can say it. Just don't say it. And be okay with not uh, being able to say it and shut the fuck up. And also, Taji, um, the same thing what you just said, those are the same people who who um, who will keep finding excuses 
um, of why Breonna Taylor was murdered. Yes. It's the same mm-hmm. people who will keep mm-hmm. finding excuses of why everything, whenever something happens to a black person or whenever black people feel offended, it's always, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but. Like I literally, and, and as, as fucking stupid as it sound, I have literally read on social media, people who said that Breonna Taylor deserved to be murdered because she was dating the person. This woman is sleeping in her bed and had no clue what was going on and she was murdered. And you're telling me she deserves it because, because of who she was dating? Get out of my face. And, and honestly, when I hear stuff like that, once again, if you can say that and, and justify that, you'll justify anything. Because at the end of the day, it's as American as apple pie. Apple to- fucking pie. To police us, to police our bodies, to police our voices, to police our thoughts, our reactions. Um, this is why this is why these this is why white people get sometimes are so eager or so quick to tell us how we should respond to the N-word being said in our presence, because this is the culture of America. We're expected to be policed on how we respond, onto how we mm-hmm. present ourselves. And when we don't fall into this neatly prepackaged idea of what we should present like, all of a sudden we're acting out of turn. Mm-hmm. And this is the cycle that keeps on repeating itself. Yeah, and I said that last episode, black people are expected to have or uphold some type of decorum and aren't allowed to uh, have feelings or aren't allowed to rebuttal or get mad and pissed off. Like, <laughs> Who set that standard? You know what I'm saying? If you say, if you call me a nigga or say nigga, I'm gonna slap you in your mouth. And if you get offended of it, you buy it. Mm-hmm. You should know how I feel after that because I was offended when you said it. So you should never said it when you uh, in the first place. So don't get offended when I knock the taste out your mouth. You says who set the standard? I think, quite frankly, slavery set the standard. This is generational. Oh yeah, it's definitely rooted in black. Generational. And um, now that you said that, even the other excuses they uh, use is, well, y'all say cracker. And I was like, who say cracker? Because um, <laughs> and even if it did, it's still rooted in black trauma because it's the sound of the whip. So gone somewhere. Right. Right. And and what so once again, I I love people who will um who will use knowledge and education to actually disarm white people because i'm telling you right now my rage is not free i'm telling you right now my rage is not free so when black people sorry so when white people start acting up i'm not gonna start jumping around and jumping on cars and all this type of shit i'm not doing that but what i am going to do is that i'm going to tell you something rooted in facts right and yes whenever people be like oh well yeah but y'all call white people crackers Okay, let's break that down. Nigger and sorry, nigger and nigga are are rooted racism terms that that come from generations and hundreds of years of slavery and racism. Cracker is not a part of racism. Cracker, you being called a cracker does not like reflect your family's history. It is not like tell you that oh you you can't get a job or if someone calls you a cracker you're, you're not going to run scared thinking that something is going to happen to you but but right. for nigger it is right so exactly. let's talk about the real shit right say that's why i oh my when i tell y'all i cannot 
I cannot deal with white people. Listen, just like what you said, Taji, I like I can count on my one hand how many white friends I have, and they know one, do not come around me with that white bullshit. And two, on the other hand, don't come around me with that, oh, Kamar, all Black Lives Matter, and yes, 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 Breonna Taylor, everything, George Floyd, everything. I also hate those white people who are just so wrapped up in white guilt that all they want to do is be pro-Black everything, and everything is pro-Black, Black, 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 Black. I also can't stand those white people as well. So, you know, I have, like like I said, a handful of white people. Shout out to my white friends. Y'all know who you are, all three of you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> three. I don't know why I giggled with that. <laughs> three is a healthy number. Three is a very healthy number. So, um, we have reached the point where I am getting feedback from our listeners. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple, uh, give our thoughts, and we'll go on from there. It probably will sound a little repetitive, but I just love to hear what people outside of the actual recording are thinking. And so someone said, mm -hmm. my reaction would depend on if there was a hard ER or not. If so, my first reaction would be, wow, we're going there. If not, and it's not coming from a PLC, then it's almost like a, I hope we're cool so that I could use this often and around you because you tried to make the world different, the word, excuse me, different than what it was. Um, I mean, I okay, so, one, so once again, and it's funny, Taji, because you actually posted this on Facebook and I reposted it because I, I love this so much. People, pe people ask me all the time, white, black, um, you know, Indian, Asian, you know, Native American, people ask me all the time, who can say the N-word? The answer is very simple. Are you Black? Yes? Okay, well then it's your choice if you want to say it or not. Mm -hmm. Can I use the N-word? Are you Black? No, then you can't. Like, it, it, mm -hmm. it's that, it's so simple, right? Simple. And so to this person's um, uh, comment, yes, I would respond differently, right? So if a white person said, you know, nigga with the A, I would be a, a tad, tad, tad bit more casual in my response. Like I would be like, yo, don't, please do not do that. Except, sorry. I don't know why I said, please. I'm not telling, I'm not saying please to no fucking white people. I was, I would say, yo, don't do that. Like, don't just stop, you know? And I would kind of leave it there. Right. If, if, mm -hmm. if someone said, nigga, you know, clearly, you know, what please the growl. Right. Like clearly, you know what you're saying. You you know what you're doing now. Like like I said, you're gonna get chin checked. You know. So I do think that to this person's comment that there are like you know degrees of you know using the word and also like context also is important because you know once again if I'm walking across the street and someone calls me a nigger is different than if we're at the club and it's a Cardi B song on and, and my white friend says nigger. Still both wrong. But, mm -hmm. you know, different responses to both, you know? I mean, you, you're right. Um, completely. I don't know. I just know for as for me, I get irritated regardless of how it's used. It's just like, I don't care if it's the A, the E-R, the past tense, future tense, Chinese, Korean, Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it should have come out your mouth. The silent U. <laughs> the silent U. <laughs> Um, capital G. You wrote it and you you said it in cursive. Um, <laughs> in cursive. 
they also said um, for the black community to use it as a word of solidarity, but to have to explain it that it makes us uncomfortable for anyone else to use the word is a constant form of, I'm gonna say ignorance. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't use the word as it is. Questions, comments, concerns, gripes, complaints. So they're saying that they understand the uh, that we reclaimed it, but they still don't fuck with the word. Yeah, you know what trying to say? I guess so. It actually says um, for anyone else to use the word is a constant form of code switching. Mm -hmm. Am I oh, slow okay. or do I not understand? <laughs> no, I understand. I, I think that this person just wants a banana. Um, if you just want a banana, then let me know. I will I will send you a whole bunch. Um, my IG and my Facebook is Kamar Jewel, K-E-M-A-R-J-E-W-E-L. Send me your address. I will send you bananas because you clearly just wanted the treat for, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> not the bananas. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope. It, no, go ahead, Taiji, because I'm still trying to understand what they're trying to say. I'm so trying to understand. I think it was meant for the positive, just came out wrong. I don't know. Yeah, because I I thought I understood it, and then when I when I heard the part about when people use it, that's them code switching. I'm like, what? Like, no. Yeah, I didn't understand that part. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Whoever wrote that, no, just, just no. That's, that's my response. Let's <laughs> rethink the thought. That's to be Mokia. All right, so let's move on to references. Uh, during this part, we just give any references that has anything to do with our topic. Um, I'll lead us with this one, uh, just to give an example. Um, mm -hmm. I have a reference of an article uh, it is called Banning the N-Word on Campus Ain't the Answer. It censors Black professors like me. And uh, they were specifically reading a book in that class. And the entirety of the book uh, is about, uh, it's basically us having this conversation on who can use the N-Word, the N-Words mm -hmm. use, et cetera, et cetera. And I found this quote from it. And I, I mean, I was just, wow. Uh, it says, to forbid the N-word actually serves the purposes of white supremacy and resuscitates uh, racism rather than defeat it. I say this because we know our society oppresses Black people, but do you know that we are also culturally suppressed in predominantly white spaces? Mm. The N-word functions as a too easy way to quash the six or seven insightful ways the word functions in Black culture. And I was like, <laughs> say that because, and I think it was Kamara that said it earlier, or it might've been shared, I don't remember, but um, just because we get rid of the word, it will not get rid of the problem. Right. Uh, what are you guys' references? What do y'all have? I had, um, I just had a little pop culture reference that I like. Um, it was an interview um, of Samuel L. Jackson um, after the Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. And 
And the man was sitting there asked, was like, you know, there's a lot of controversy about the use of the N-word in the movie. And he's like, what word you talking about? Nobody? Nope. Not <laughs> Meg. He's like, uh, you know what word it is. He's like, say it. He's like, I can't say that. He's like, why don't you just say it? Come on and say it. Say it. And he's like, I can't say the word. He's like, you want to move on to a next question? He was like, it was a good question. He's like, no, it wasn't. He's like, if you can't even say it, then it wasn't a good question. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was, one, it was hilarious. And I thought it was also like, exactly to the extent of, you can't even say it, meaning it's not your business. <laughs> Period. What? <laughs> it's not your business at all. Exactly. But why are you asking him all of a sudden, why, what, 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 um, how is it, how is it that you can say that word and what's going on and how, like, that, that's not for you to discuss. And I just thought that was a very interesting way he went about it. Period. Anybody else have any references? Um, I have, I had one reference, but I thought about another one. <laughs> Uh, while listening to uh, the ones you guys just said. So the one I want to talk about is John Mulaney. He doesn't say the N-word, but he has this like bit or whatever uh, about this conversation he had with, I don't know if it was his manager or whoever, whatever. Um, So John Mulaney had written a joke about little people, but he, he he used the term, you know, with the M-word or whatever. Um, and his manager came into the room and was like, hey, like, you can't say this joke or whatever. Uh, and he's like, why can't I say the joke? And he was like, oh, because you have, but he said the word, right? He's, he's like, oh, you can't, I'm going to say M&Ms. He was like, oh, you can't say M&Ms. That's like a bad word for like the little people community. Um, and he was like, uh, or he was like, um, it's a bad word for the little people community. It's like the N word. So John Mulaney is like, no, it's not. If you can say one word over the other one, that shows that they're not the same. So my thing with that is that I really hate when non-Black people try to compare words, especially when it comes to the N-word. It feels like the N-word is always being compared to other stuff. And it's like, this is not your discourse discourse to have and to be playing the oppression Olympics. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. And it's like, I understand, like, of course the N-word is worse than Eminem, but at the same time, you are two non-Black people. I'm assuming his manager's not Black um, because he obviously said that he didn't say the N-word, so that means he's not Black. So I'm like, you are two non-Black and also non-little people. So why are y'all having this discourse about two uh, slurs? I don't know if the, the N-word is a slur, but why are you having this discourse if you're not a part of either one of these communities? You know what I mean? And I find this happening a lot, especially on Twitter, not Twitter, on TikTok, because there was discourse around the F-slur. Uh, I'm a queer person, but I just choose not to say the F-slur because I don't feel like that has been used against my category of queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So there's been a lot of discourse with uh, a lot of uh, women who love women saying, oh, I should be able to say the F-word because it's like uh, a mixed person saying the N-word. If they're a part of the community, they should be able to say it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, and it's always white people. And I'm like, why are you having this discourse about the N-word if you're not even allowed to say it yourself? Right. You know I what mean, I mean? Well, 
Well, because what it is is this. I mean, we've we've said this like fifty times already, but like like people, especially white people, they they just love to um to compare their their you know their uh their fucking like Lululemon pain and, and struggle to Lululemon. us. Lululemon. Lululemon. Fabletics. I'm not gonna forget that. <laughs> so like 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 so good example, right? And I'm sure that we all know this. People are so, so, so oppressed that they have to wear a mask. Oh my God. <laughs> why, why do they have to wear a mask? It's the most oppression they've ever felt in their life. Girl, my like, please. My, my freedom has been taken away from me. This is slavery. Literally. Are you kidding me? I And I know that I'm making a joke of this, but there are literal people, especially older white people, who have compared wearing a mask to t- getting their freedom taken away and feeling like Absolutely. that they're slaves. Absolutely. Oh and they God. think they're 100% right. They think they're woke by saying shit like that. And it's like, okay. The Democrats put us on ships and they drug us out. <laughs> After they got off the ship, we got to wear a mask. It stripped me of my entire thin lipped identity. Thin lipped identity. Thin lipped identity. Someone please think of the mayonnaise. The mayonnaise. (laughs) I'm And I'm gay. Are there any last references? Um, Yeah, I guess I'll go. Um, So, I said it earlier. Um, I'm a black queer man. Um, I don't really feature uh, black straight men often, but when I do, they're usually great. Um, so, someone who I really enjoy on social media, on TikTok and Instagram, um, his name is um, uh, is a Conscious Lee. Um, oh, I love Conscious Lee. Love him. Awesome. He's so awesome. Um, for those who don't know, his name on uh, IG is um, uh, is the Conscious Lee, all one word. Um, But he does such a great job at talking about Black issues, queer issues, trans issues, um, and also just kind of also just like chin checking white people when when they need it. Um, And so one of his videos, um, I'll tell you when the date is. it, oh, it's, it was posted a week ago, so it, it's fairly recent. Um, there's a white person on TikTok, and, and they're, you know, just, you know, being white and just talking about, oh, I don't understand why we can't say certain things and, and other people can. That just feels like it's, it's you know, taken away from our rights and our First Amendment, and then he paused the video, and basically he says, well, um, do you, like, do you, like, were you just born today? Like, do you, do you not understand what's going on and then so you know he he quickly just kind of talks about racism and talking about why why you know like we can say certain things right but mm-hmm. that's not really the video that i really want, want to talk about um there's another video right 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 below it that that uh that that is basically once again some white person saying oh um why does race matter and why do you know people always bring it up da, da, da. so mm-hmm. he made a video that said so if race doesn't matter then take it off job applications take it off credit card applications take credit it off housing scores. applications take it off all of this stuff if it doesn't matter you know so since Absolutely. it is since it is on all of these applications then guess what we're going to keep talking about it because obviously it matters to y'all you know mm-hmm. and once again this this takes me back to to the point I was saying earlier um, with um, the vixen on 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 drag race, right? 
it's mm-hmm. always oh why are y'all reacting like this instead of why are white people acting like this mm-hmm. it's, it's always that it's always that and honestly it probably will always be that and so that's why like I was saying earlier about all that you know respectability politics listen I'm black you knew that when you hired me you knew that when when I got the job and I'm gonna be black as hell in the rehearsal rooms I'm gonna be black as hell everywhere and if you don't like it don't hire me you know like mm-hmm. I I I used to and um once again I know this is a podcast so, you, so y'all can't see me but um I'm from Philly and I have a very 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 large beard and I used to like when I first graduated college I used to shave it all the way down to my face just because I I you know wanted to you know be you know be the like smiling nice looking negro you know so mm-hmm. I could get jobs and and book stuff and you know get out there and I like right. I, I don't care about I don't care about any of that no more. So like I said, just so you know, um, I'm a amazing and I'm a brag about myself. I, I'm an amazing director and choreographer. But just so you know, if you hire me, I'm wearing my do rag in your office, yeah. in the rehearsal rooms, and probably I, I'm gonna get a nice silk one made for the opening of the show to match my silk suit. I, I'm gonna pull like a, a Simone did with the jumpsuit with <laughs> with the do rag. Just yeah. so y'all know. Come on. And if you can't understand, then you just don't understand. Have a nice right. Exactly. And I'm with you because uh, whenever I went to, and Jerry can attest to this, anywhere I was at on campus, in class, on stage, during rehearsal, I was in my bonnet and I didn't give a damn. Well, the bonnet was out. I did the not bonnet. care. Not bonnet not my bonnet. At the end of the day, it did not reflect my work ethic or stop me from graduating with honors, period. And didn't. Come on, honors. Um, but with that being said, this has been like such a great talk and there it just isn't enough time in the world to hit this topic, but it's definitely one that needs to be discussed and can be mm-hmm. discussed. So um, don't think that this is just the only opportunity that, um, speaking to my listeners here, that you'll get to hear this. This is the only opportunity that uh, you'll be able to see this because if you follow me on Facebook, you know that I will say it and I will share things and I will continue to speak out on these injustices and uh, how people act. And I will do it and not care about your feelings, period. Because uh, you don't pay me to care about your feelings and I don't want to get paid to care about your feelings. Um, so uh, with that being said, Kamar, Jared, Rachel, thank y'all so much uh, for being a guest on this episode. Um, happy birthday, Rachel. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Also, congratulations on your graduation because, you know, we do that too. Oh, oh. wait, Black people go to school? Girl. I know, we right? Get I was shocked too. Y'all teaching me something today. All right. <laughs> no, look, if the, if Columbia was going to hold my diploma, they'll see a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> they going to see a nigga. I'm going to show you one today. Right, right. Um, but with everything, uh, leave this podcast with a heart full of love and a mind full of understanding. And once again, if you can't understand, then get the hell out of my face. Because if you and- talk it... I will talk black, period. And Taji, can I say one really, really, really big heartfelt thing right before we go off? Go ahead. 
everyone, please put your ear to the whatever you're listening to, to the song. I need you to hear what I'm about to say because it's so important. Nigga. Good night. <laughs> amen and amen. This has been another great episode of I Talk Black. A very special thanks to Tamara, Rachel, and Jared for joining us today. Please be sure to like and follow us on Instagram at ITBlackPodcast. And if you want to be heard on the show or you just have questions or comments, send us an email at ITBlack, that's ITalkBlack2 at gmail.com. And most importantly, remember, if you talk shit, I'll talk black. Good night.